From the backwoods and the swamp waters of the Sunshine State and all across America and the world, this is the Big and Wild Outdoors. Randy, see how he's doing, man? He's up here in this neck of the woods these days. Welcome back, everybody. It's the Big and Wild Outdoors. Uh, Braden, Vince, Bill George, and uh, our good buddy, uh, what's his name? Jeremy? Jeremy, yeah, good buddy. Jeremy's hanging out with us, too. His <laughs> name's on his shirt, bro. <laughs> no, yeah. it's, it's Glock. He's G-Lock. G-Lock. He's G-Lock, man. Uh, welcome in hour number two of the Big and Wild Outdoors broadcast live up at Tampa Bay Sporting Clays uh, for the uh, Hooked on Hope Sporting Clays event happening today. Uh, Jeremy, of course, here for uh, G5, bringing the guns up and all that stuff. And if you just joined us here during the second hour, we were talking a little bit about uh, the 6.5 Creedmoor and stuff. Last hour, we wanted to continue it on to the beginning of this hour. And one of the things I was going to point out was in our discussion, the 6.5 Creedmoor, we all know, is a great long-distance shooter. We know it is a very stabilized bullet in flight. You know, when you go in there and they talk about sectional density and all these other things that target shooters, uh, you know, live for every single day. You know, one of the best flight coefficient bullets ever designed and things like that, you know, that's up there with the 270 and a couple others uh, that use the same bullet. But one of the things that Bill George brought up before the hour was ballistic choices when you go out to go hunt. And I would say... In my humble opinion, I may be wrong. You may uh, say something totally different. But when it comes to a ballistic tip bullet and a super fast round like a 6.5 Creedmoor, those two combinations when it comes to shooting animals close, for one thing, is always, in my opinion, a bad idea. Well, you know, if, if you're going to use that, but why? Why use it if it's not going to work? If it's not going to be effective, why are they even bothering messing with yeah. it? I think they get fooled by the box. Well, I, I really do. I think they get fooled by what they read on the box. Hunters looked at this. So they, the round's not even a decade old yet. But in 2007, 2008, hunters actually looked at it and tried it. But there was no hunting rounds then for that round because it was supposed to be a low cost, which it was. Now it's not. Now it's you know almost <laughs> just as bad as every other round is. But it's, it was supposed to be a low cost, uh, accurate, efficient distant shooting target gun and in 2007 that's all they had they didn't have those hunting rounds and so they laid some hunters took it out use it eh, not good for me put it back on the shelf and then Hornaday started producing these hunting rounds so i think the round is still a work in progress i think eventually maybe it would get to the point and there are still some good hunting rounds you know if, um federal makes a good one Hornaday makes a good one um but i would just be more of a if i was going to shoot a creed more after my experience with a 270 ballistic tip, I can tell you right now, you shoot anything from 30 feet to 30 or 40 or 50 yards, you're not finding that bullet. Yeah. I mean, you don't get it what Bill George has in his pocket. It is literally grenaded once it hits something on the interior. <laughs> and, I mean, it, it literally self-destructs. That's what it's designed to do. And, yeah. it, and, it, and, it, and it blows up when it gets in there. So and even an exit wound on a 270 ballistic tip is not always feasible, but it generates more foot-pounds of energy when it hits. So yeah. the shock of it, doing all that other stuff, 30, 40 yards, crumble up, boom, it's done. It's over in the uh, bushes, dead and gone. Shoot the same deer at 300 yards, and a ballistic tip will go in and out the other side. Yeah. 
because it's actually working at its peak coefficient proficiency, you yeah. know, in what it's doing. A lot of big words. I know. Great, I'm impressed. <laughs> well, anyway, uh, Toby uh, is calling in, of course, our good buddy Toby Benoit. He's on the telephone. Uh, I'm sure he has a couple of little comments I, about I, the I'm Creed sure one. he has real world. Real you world know, experience. Real world world. <laughs> I can guarantee you. That. I can guarantee you that Toby doesn't own a six five Creed more. Probably not. Toby, how you doing this morning, my friend? I'm doing great. You're right. I don't own a six point five Creed more because I don't look good in skinny jeans and a man bun. <laughs> <laughs> Leave it to Toby. Good morning, man. <laughs> so now you know I, I wanted to call in about that. You know, you're talking about a lot of a lot of the guys are getting a six point five Creed more for their kids. You know, right, your first rifle for a deer rifle, and it's turning out to be a miserable failure. You know, why yep. not, like Jeremy, you're at the gun shop, uh, why not suggest some pistol cartridges in a, in, in a long gun, like the 45 uh, Long Colt or the 44 Magnum? Very little recoil in a long, bun, long gun, but you got a ton of energy on the backside. That's that true. That deer down for keeps. Yeah, I would say to go back traditional. That I'd go two forty three or two seventy, perfect starting seven millimeter oh eight. Yeah, as was my I think my favorite kit on that and a two sixty Remington. But the problem with that is you can't find ammo for it hardly. I, I went with the three oh eight when my kids were going because I could find that you could get rounds that were absolutely you know not a high high energy. You can you know, get one hundred and thirty grain. You can get down to one twenty five, I think, or something like you that. You can tone it down, let them shoot it, get used to the shot. When you're shooting that one or two shots at a deer, you don't feel whatever. You don't feel it. it. You don't feel yeah. well, the first uh, the first hunting nah, rifle I shot was a dust them up and try again. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> hey, yeah. my kids were 12. They wanted to shoot the three-and-a-half-inch mag out of the 12-gauge. Go right ahead. Yeah. <laughs> the first hunting round I ever shot when I, when I, when I was a kid was uh, thirty thirty, That was the first rifle Mine my dad too. put in my hand. Yeah. And um, that's a good round, too. I yeah, but you know what? I, I remember – I still remember to this day when, when I pulled that trigger on that thing, I literally thought somebody hit me in the shoulder with a, with a sledgehammer. Yeah. Because it was yeah. a Winchester Model 93, straight English stock, so every bit of energy that comes off of there goes straight into your shoulder. Yeah. There is no drop like on a Marlin or something like that. And I literally, the first time I shot, I was like, Dad, I don't, I don't, I don't like this thing. <laughs> but he was like, do it again. You'll get like used to it. Um, yeah, well, like Toby said, you dust yourself. Do it again. No, after you shoot it three or four times, you'll get used to it. Don't worry about it. So, But what do you hunt with these days, Toby? I mean, when you're out there in the woods beside your stick bow, I mean, what do you shoot? Or his knife. Or, yeah, what do you, what are you hanging out with? Hot six. Yeah, well, that's pretty much it. Yep. I mean, it's been killing them for over 100 years. It's, you know, if it ain't broke, I ain't going to fix it. Yeah, what bullet do you shoot out of that cannon? I shoot the uh, the Federal 150-grain core lock. Yeah, that's a good bullet, too. I really it like is. it. Oh, you know what? My, our friend uh, Glenn, <clears throat> I used to shoot a, a bigger bullet out of the 30-06, and he said, in Florida – all you, he said, go for for everything, the best all-around bullet that you can use. And he convinced me, and I did, and it worked. It was a 165 grain. 165 grain out of a 30-06 works on anything in the state of Florida. That's, that's a happy medium, absolutely. Yeah. Toby, it looked like you had a pretty – That big difference in power? What's that now? Is 15 grains that big a difference in power, though? I mean, it's just – as far as carrying kinetic energy forward, it's not that big a difference, really. Well, 
No, well, it depends on the powder and it depends on the load. I mean, uh, believe it or not, like with anything, uh, that much lighter gives you a little more speed, gives you a little more accuracy, a little less drop. I mean, it, it's crazy when you think about ballistically. I mean, if you chop two inches off of a barrel of a gun, you can lose up to 200 foot-pounds of energy and speed right, right off the bat just with, with by each inch that you take off. Tell me. Toby, you hunt a lot of public land, right? I do. What's the furthest shot you get in public land here in Florida usually? Oh, gosh. The, far, the longest shot I've ever taken in my life is 180 yards. There yeah. you go. Yeah. Okay. My, my, my average shot is way closer because, I, you know, I bow hunt so much that even when I'm rifle hunting, I'm still, I still have that mindset, the mentality yeah. of a bow hunter. Everything's got to be close. Uh, yeah. On average, my longest shot ain't but about 50 yards. Yeah, yeah. My, my longest in Florida was about 150 yards, and I thought I hit it on an earlier shot, and I was on a big palmetto flat. But uh, most of mine are like 50 yards, you know, in at, Florida. At 50, at 50 yards, you are literally still at muzzle velocity speed. Yeah. Seriously. Right. So whatever it says on the box, if it says uh, 1,650 <laughs> feet per second, Double it's it. still going that fast at 50 yards. So, I mean, you're literally getting the maximum amount of speed and foot-pounds of energy at that distance. Mm-hmm. Seriously. I mean, yeah. 50 yards, you're, it, it hasn't affected that bullet at all. <laughs> I mean, seriously. It's crazy to think. But listen, before we get you out of here and get off rifle talk, how are things looking for the uh, the big giant squirrel event coming up here next month? Oh, man, it's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. We got so many people that are signing up for this event. You know, uh, last year we had uh, 72 registered teams, two-man teams. This year we've already we've already surpassed 40, and we're still four weeks out. Wow! Uh, I think we could easily double it. I mean, you know, you're looking at, at, at the uh, first place team is going to be splitting around about 1,500 bucks. Well, so I know Carlos up. is putting us in. Uh, gold diggers and gunslingers and Inverness has, has really stepped up. We've got six guns to give away at the event, so it's going to be yeah, a big well, time. That was that was a pretty good segue to get us off the. Uh, we're not talking about us winning this thing. Yeah, right. Uh, how are you doing that? We're just supposed to be doing a radio show there, Bill. Whoa, 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 whoa! I think we may turn him <laughs> loose because I, I think he and Carlos are going to team up. I don't know what they're I was going to give everybody else a head start. I was going to do the oh. show, go get my squirrels, and then go out. Uh, well, they have to be killed that day, so yes, you can't be yes, uh, yes, you, you yes. can't be out there trying to you know fatten them up with lead weights or nothing. No, 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 no. <laughs> so you're gonna go before the show or after the show? I'm kind of confused. Uh, before the show would well, be the, illegal. The 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 quarter to turn in is gonna be five squirrels, and the accumulated weight of those five is is what determines the winner or loser. And uh, yeah, I've been telling that telling everybody second place is wide open because I've already switched. From deer corn to Reese's Pieces in my feeder. <laughs> well, well, Carlos, Carlos was hauling out cashews. <laughs> he was hauling out walnuts and cashews. That's what I told him. Trying to get them fattened hey, Bill, up. Bill, Bill, those five squirrels you got in the cage don't count, buddy. I, I was going to tell. I told Carlos. I said, if you really want to get some weight on them really quick, you got to go spin for those macadamias or those Brazil nuts. You know. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> you got to get them. You got to get them. You got to get them really fired up so that they can a, a quick weight gainer. You know what I'm saying? It is high fat content. But it, what's real? I think what's really good about this event is just like with our panfish challenge, 
the number one thing that we want to see out there is kids. We want to see kids out there with with their parents or with their uh, with their family members and all that stuff out there having a great and wonderful time, uh, getting the kids out in the woods and having fun. That's what it's really all about. And last year there was kids everywhere. Well, that's going to be a good thing. Well, Jerry, oh, hey. 72 research uh, teams last year, only six weren't paired with, with the youth. That's awesome. Well, Toby, we got to go, man. We got to take a break. We'll talk to you again as we get a little bit closer. Is that cool? That's absolutely. Thanks a lot, guys. All, All right, right, man. Bro. See, See you, man. Our good buddy, Toby Benoit. We're going to take a fast break. It is the Big and Wild Outdoors broadcasting live on the radio here at uh, Tampa Bay Sporting Clays. We'll be right back. Please allow me to introduce the Red Scott. She'll be laying this bad to waste. She'll break us up cause she'll interfere with our smoking and fashion taste. Just like Yoko, she'll provoke a fight. Driving keys like nice around insane. She'll say they both dress like pirates and nicotine. You guys are back. And so their brains. I'd hate to be you if she don't get her She's away. gone, seriously? You guys are back. Oh, man. Welcome back. It is the Big and Wild Outdoors, broadcast live at Tampa Bay Sporting Clays. Sorry, we were getting an update on Lily the Pig from uh, Mike Mesra. You know, there used to be, if you've ever been up here, Lily was uh, a staple here. It was a big uh, white potbelly pig, and she'd just literally walk around like a puppy. And just say hi to everybody. Yeah, as long as you pet her, she would stay right there. She ain't going nowhere. As oh, soon as you'd stop, like, for five seconds, gone. I'm going to go to the next guy. Typical girl. This guy. <laughs> yeah. And uh, sad, sad is uh, uh, sad to report that uh, Lily has passed away. I can't believe that she's been. How long has she been here? Seriously, Mike. I've had her for probably what eight years. Eight years at least. Yeah. Yeah. Well, she was a staple here. Everybody. Uh, that's what I'm saying. Everyone comes and asks, "Hey, where's Lily?" And you know, I think pigs. You know, they they kind of know when they're gonna not be here anymore. So she went next door and found a nice spot, and Aww. and we found her. But you know what? I'm working on a replacement pig. We're gonna- <laughs> We're gonna. <laughs> I just. I knew that weird. was coming. It just uh, sounds weird. I'm sorry. Well, you a know, pot it, belly pig. It's a delicate process. So, oh. but I am going over to the Pasco County Animal Shelter, and I will grab a a pig from there that needs a home. So but we'll, you're gonna turn a loose in here like Lily? Seriously? Well, yeah. Yeah. Why? Gosh, Why they may find. Uh, they may meet up with a couple of. Uh, dude, Lily wild made it. Boyfriends. Lily and, made it for eight years. I just, dude, on my way up in my Honda today, I threw six chickens in. <laughs> I got six chickens over there that that are gonna hit it. And I got ducks. <laughs> I'm bringing some ducks up. We're gonna the, the the animal pen will be back up and running. Oh my gosh, Mike's, it's all good. Mike's Mesra's menagerie. Dude, right? I'm your I'm your Jewish redneck. That's I what I tell everybody. Something. <laughs> I don't know what it is. <laughs> Well, uh, of course, if you don't know who this man is, Mike Mezzer is, of course, owner-operator, uh, chief bottle washer, and uh, lawnmower here at Tampa Bay Sporting Clays. And uh, uh, I do it all. What yeah. year is this uh, going on now for 11. this whole 11 years? Well, we've been here 11 You've years. You've been here 11 years. Yeah, now. Lori's been doing this, what, the last uh, probably, what, four, three or four? Four years, I think it's At least been? three or four. Yeah. Yeah. And, but uh, how are things going up here? I mean, you guys are going like gangbusters, right? We, we've been having a great time. You know, you know, COVID is COVID. It is what it is. And but people. But I are, think I think more people came out here during COVID to shoot just to get away from everything. Well, you're outside. Well, you're Come right. On. 
they did. And, uh, you know, we had some, some charity events that freaked out. But I think yeah. everything's kind of back, and all the events are growing. You know, we had Gigi's Playhouse a couple of weeks ago. They went from 124 to, like, 250 in one year. Wow. Really? So, I mean, I think people want to get out and do it. And uh, I think it's, it's it's a lot of fun. Uh, it's my got... first time here, man. This place is awesome. Yeah, it What's is. What's wrong with you? He's he a... doesn't take me anywhere. He's a fish. Well, I don't see me... him but once a year anyway, so, you know, that's not right. Yeah, that ain't right. I'm more of, a, I'm more of the fishing guy. No. This, this place is awesome. And I think about him a lot. Scary that I say that, but because right? I actually have a guy that works for me named Braden. So every time I, <laughs> so every every time I go, where's uh, my boy? I mean, I remember him I from way back it. with with the Cracker Boys and oh, way yeah. back, oh yeah, and the old Austin radio gun. station, yeah. Austin and Gun, and, yeah. and y'all's little shop. Oh yeah, crazy. Yeah, but that was fun. Yeah. That was a. I don't. What's that? He never he never 20. came to visit that, us. Yes, I did. No, he twenty years was that twenty years? Never came down to visit us at Austin and Gun Outfitters. Never. You'll never, never came. Out. Really, really, <laughs> never came. Out. Dude, did you? I, do you remember that guy at all? Or do you have your cheaters on? Do you need your glasses? I do need my cheaters. But oh my gosh! Right? Who is that? I know that. That that's, is not you. That's me. <laughs> that is me. That's what I said when you showed me it a long time ago. There's no way. I was like, that's you? That's me, uh, my first radio gig when we were talking about Now it. there's two of you. <laughs> two, well, hopefully I'm losing that as well. But, uh, uh, you know, we were talking a little bit earlier about the ammo situation that's starting to come back. How was it for you guys up here for shotgun we, ammo? We had a tough time for a while. Uh, we were struggling. But, uh, but our suppliers are kind of catching up a little bit. Yeah. But, I mean, we were – it was nip tuck there for a while, but uh, who are you having the I biggest problem with? I was the only one, uh, as far as like suppliers. Yeah, no, I mean uh, with amp- gauges. No, uh, manufacturers. I mean, were you Fiocchi? I mean, Fiocchi. So yeah, I mean Fiocchi has sent us some stuff, but I put an order last November, last November, for four ten. I still don't have it yet. Oh, we haven't seen four ten at G five in. Uh, and I've only got like one or two shipments of twelve gauge from Fiocchi. So, um, anyway, uh, it's been tough, but my suppliers are starting to come. We did have some containers that were t- tied up in the ports like everybody else. But uh, but I've got another supplier that I think it's we're doing all right now. Now, are you on the phone? Are you having to scream and yell at them? Or are they Do just, I scream and yell? <laughs> well, Dude, really? Do no, I really make that much, you know? No, but you're a coaxer. I mean, you're like a badass, you're not a co- You're a coaxer. You have your way of coaxing someone into I what they get, need to I do. I get more with honey. Well, that I understand. I know, that. but it's you know what? There's nothing you can do. But uh, but I did put a lot of my eggs in one basket, which was a problem. And but luckily, I've got a lot of friends and people that had a lot of ammo. So I literally, when I was tight, I borrowed, you know, twenty cases here, fifty cases here. Really? But people had a lot of ammo, and all I did was just give it back when I got it. So I, you know, I'm blessed because. There's a lot of people that have ammo, and it, it got us through. But I, I, you got to realize, like an event like this goes through like 50, 60 cases of ammo. Oh, I easily. So I mean, so you get, oh, I got ten cases, and I'm like, ten. I need like a hundred. Yeah. <laughs> or two hundred. Yeah. And, you know, you, you do the sheriff event, they go through a hundred cases. Oh, easily. A hundred. Yeah, really. I mean, think about hundred. I mean, that'll last somebody for years. I could do that in one shoot. So but now, uh, the, <laughs> it's the crazy. Reason, the reason why I'm asking that is because you know you got uh, you know Silver Dollar, you got uh, Fish Hawk, all those guys, and they all need the same amount as you do. And it was like you would think that they would be like Silver you Dollar. You guys get them first, or you well, know, everybody's got their suppliers. The guy at Silver Dollar's got a really good connection, and uh, he they want specific loads for what they do. 
We'll take anything we can get. Um, <laughs> you know, I mean, you we're, we're not salt. that picky. <laughs> I, I, you know, it's definitely a different age crowd too. So we're just not as picky. That and is most, true. And you know, you get, you guys know you did a gun shop. Yeah. Most people have no clue between a seven and a half and an eight. And oh, just give me a shell and I'm good. Yeah. And you know, you do have some problems with some of the guns that that uh, eject stuff. But well, now some I'm places, shooting all this stuff seven eighths ounce stuff. Yeah. Well, right I mean, here. like you got some places like, um, uh, what is it over there? Um, Skyway, Skeeton Trap, you can't even shoot lead anywhere. It's got to be all it's steel, all steel and all that stuff. And he so called me the other day and was looking for some ammo. And I'm, I'm like, dude, I can't, I can't find lead. How am I supposed to find you steel? Steel would be even harder. And, and It uh, blows me away that there's so much of a shortage on ammo. It just kills me. I don't understand So why. think about this. So, they, they so my, guy, my guy who's in charge does a bunch of stuff for law enforcement um, got up in front of my DU chapter and said, hey, guy, this was last May, and said, listen, Last year we had 6 million people, however many people, got new guns. He said if everybody were to buy one box of shells, we would have been in a deficit there. He said, who buys one box? Nobody. And then plus all you guys that already own stuff are going to want ammo. He said, so plus put COVID in, plus put shipping, plus put now instead of 10 people on a line, we've only got three, plus put holidays. I mean, you just start adding it up, and they're behind. So they're finally starting to get catch up, but he told us last May, he said, it's going to be two years, guys. Wow. So There was was an article. We're coming up on the one-year mark now, and he's probably going to be right, because it's starting to lighten up, but but he just said, listen, if you want it, it's going to cost you a lot. Yeah. If you don't need it, don't freaking buy it. Yeah, exactly. But you know know everybody. They want to buy buy it anyways. (laughs) Well, they're they're freaking out. They're panicking. You were saying there was an article that what? There was an article that they, um, I can't remember who released it, but most ammo manufacturers don't keep anything on hand. None. None. And so when all this COVID garbage started, uh, um, they, it set them back five years, they said. Wow. Um, but I've heard the same thing now. It's about two years. Plus with, you got to think also, you know, they have military contracts they have to fulfill first. They have right. law enforcement contracts they have to fulfill first. And then we get it. Yeah, so. we're, we're uh, third well, on you're the right. south there. And that's what saved us a little bit with the military. I was the only one that had uh, – 12-gauge ammo for a while. I mean, yeah. all these – Fishhawk and all these places were getting it for me. Yeah. Because we were all helping each other out. I mean, it was great. You got to. I'd call them. I'd say, hey, I need 20 cases of 20. Oh, come on. I'll meet you here. And we were, like, meeting in the parking lot like a freaking drug deal. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and we'd ba- – and I, oh, you need 10? And we were going back and forth. So, um, it all worked out. But it was uh, – they saved me. I'll yeah. give you uh, – tr- Five cases of 12 gauge for four <laughs> cases of 10. And I got you a hamburger on Tuesday. <laughs> I can see exactly. the officer in the parking lot. Uh, hey, boys, what well, are you guys doing today? I, you know, <laughs> we didn't get stopped. <laughs> well, we were talking. He might, he might have wanted to say, hey, man, give me a case of that 12 gauge. Right. 20 gauge. <laughs> exactly. Get you out of this ticket. Uh, so, But we were talking last hour about uh, rifle ammo is starting to maybe kind of show up. But I think the shotgun ammunition. Now that the seasons are kind of, you know, tapering down a little bit, with duck season being the last one, dove season when it's done, uh, they've got at least five, five or six months to try to catch back up. But, yeah. But the, to Jeremy's point, the, uh, the ammo manufacturers were relying on distributors to be their warehouses. As soon as it was done and they were put on trucks, they would send them to they distributors. Right. It was gone. Mm-hmm. So they didn't have backup backup. Right. The other, day, the other day I found – 25 boxes of long beard turkey load, 12 gauge, and the moment I went to hit submit, they were gone. Yeah, I mean that's it was that quick. No, well, it's crazy. Well, I know Walmart still got some stuff, but I, you know, I get a text from somebody, and they're like, "Oh no, I, there's no limit, so we bought everything." So yeah. I'm like, "Ugh, 
<laughs> when we do ordering, uh, you'll have uh, Dylan will be on one computer. Jeremy will be on another computer. I'll be on another computer. He'll be checking his distributors. I'll have some of mine because so, some, some of my fishing guys also have carry ammo and stuff. And we're literally like, uh, it's like at the stockbrokers things. I'm going, hey, I found 10 boxes of buckshot. Should I get them now or yeah. get them out? He goes, what size is it? It's buckshot, triple on buck. Buy Come on, I got to push Bye, 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 bye. Is it like Wolf of Wall Street over there? Bye, bye, bye. It's like, bye, bye, bye. I was like, the other day, I was like, dude, there's they got 30, 32 uh, boxes of buckshot available. Should I get it? Right. He goes, yes, put it on there. Yeah, we've got some nine and some two, two, three, and a little bit of a seven, six, two. By 39. So we've got a little bit. I bought a bunch of that. So we've here? still got a. Yeah. You're selling it here? I got it here. How much is your 762 by 39? Talk. I got a bunch of it. So How much? let's make a deal. I'll sell you all of it if you want. I'll load you up. <laughs> nice. I don't want to deal with any of it anymore. I, I did it because, uh, whatever, six months ago, everybody was going crazy. But I, I'm just not geared up for it. What but we've of, got a bunch of it. What kind of nine do you have? Is it like just target nine? or what? Do you I've want? got some steel and some brass, I think. Really? I got both. So you got black. I'll make you a deal. You ready? Yeah, I got Blouser. What's the – starts with a T. Uh, Tulamo? Yeah. Tulamo? Got a bunch of that. Yeah? I'm good. So uh, how, much, how much is the Tulamo going for? Let's talk. We're going we're gonna to barter in the back, okay? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying if there's somebody driving by who's looking for there 9 is. millimeter we're selling, over here. We're selling, uh, 500, we're selling 1,000 rounds for uh, for 500 bucks. So it's 50 cents yeah, a round. Out of here. Yep. That ain't bad. No, I know. And I think I'm doing that just across the board, just to freaking move it. Yeah. So I can get no 380. I can't get any of that. 45s for I can't get any of that stuff. But I do have those three. So if anybody wants some, come on down and and we've got it. And I'm ready to clean it out. So bring, bring your truck. What's that? Bring your trailer. We bring your, your car. Bring your truck. <laughs> yeah. and we'll unload you. All right. It's all gonna, good. We're gonna take a break. Thanks. Thanks, Mike. guys. Love Mike. you guys. Thank Mike you. Mike Mesner, Tampa Bay Sporting Clay's Big Boss Man. We are the Big and Wild Outdoors. Brought to you by our good friends at Brandon Ford. Hang on, we'll be right back. Welcome back. It is a Big and Wild Outdoors. Broadcasting live out here from Chile, Chile. Uh, Fishhawk Sporting Clays. I mean, Tampa uh, Bay Sporting Clays. <laughs> we're usually out at Fishhawk Sporting Clays, and now we're out there use it for those events, and now we're out here at Tampa Bay Sporting Clays for this event, which is Lori Hall's uh, Hooked on Hope uh, shooting event happening today. It is a little bit chilly out here today. It seems like the front has maybe passed through. Now it's a little it's bit blustery cold. and windy, and so we don't have the drizzly rain. Thank you, goodness. Oh, but if this breeze would stop, I'd be a happy camper. And uh, as I told you, it started out at 54 <laughs> degrees, and now it's going to be up to around the blustery 47 by the time we get out of here. So it's getting colder as we speak. So that's what you're going to get today from the Big and Wild Outdoors Fast Cast. Your mom texted you while she's listening up in PA. What's the temp up in, well, in it, PA it, right it's, now? It's uh, below zero up there. But what, what does that even mean? Once you get past listen, zero, it well, pretty yeah, much means nothing. Cold you, is cold, dude. I, to <laughs> me, once you go Come under on. 15, once you go under 15, that's when it's like, ooh. But now, I know when you see this thing, coldest place on earth. 47 degrees below zero. It's almost like once you get to zero, yeah, we're, we're all going to die anyway. Yeah. So what the heck? Well, <laughs> That's when ice forms. Right? Seriously? Well, I turn around. There was a news story that just come out about uh, a truck up in Pennsylvania actually was carrying a whole bunch of monkeys, and they were in an accident. 
What are monkeys doing in Pennsylvania? Well, that's what I. That, <laughs> that's what I was wondering. Are they dead? Well. Well, or did they three, escape? Three, <laughs> they have yet to locate three of them, and the seed, head for the trees. And I'm like, what is a truck doing with a hundred monkeys in yeah. Pennsylvania? Because you know, if you got a zoo or you got anything else, they don't need a hundred monkeys no. being transported. I don't so know. I'm like, what is this? Turns out, it was going to some lab. Okay. Uh, oh, lab monkeys. Uh, okay. and, and now the CDC is involved. The health department's involved. <laughs> they have quarantined <laughs> off an area. So what is? What are we transporting? They're probably that they, sending them to the lab for cosmetic testing. No. Yeah. no why would the Why would the <laughs> CDC be involved in cosmetic testing? Because they're transferring COVID. No. Well, <laughs> now we might. Now, the, 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 hey, you, look. You if, bro- if deer can get COVID, monkeys can get COVID. I, oh, I don't, doubt, I don't <laughs> doubt it. But, but the cats and is, dogs and everything else. It's, we the thing on. is, why is the CDC involved in, in wildlife getting out of a thing? It, it, it you got to wonder what they, experiments they were doing yeah. on these monkeys. I you know, it makes – what was the movie with Dustin Outbreak. Hoffman? Outbreak. Outbreak. Didn't that start with a monkey? It did start with a monkey. Yeah, and it made it here to the United States. So guess what? So. Now I'm getting all conspiratorial right now. I'm thinking <laughs> that they dumped – made it look like an accident. Now I'm mixing with X-Files, the smoking man. Just make it look like an accident. Drop the monkeys. Drop them in there. And where was it? It was in PA? Yeah. Well, now let me, let me ask you this because I freaking uh, was thinking – there was a story this past week or so. Yeah, it was like this past week. There's a gator farm in Colorado, like up in the mountains. Oh, in, How in, is that in even possible? the oh no, the hot springs. The springs are warm all the time. There, there's literally a gator facility where they actually grow them, and it's also a touristy attraction or something up there. And I thought, what in the world? Who Geothermal. Came up with it? I Geothermal. wonder how that gator meat tastes to our gator meat. How, well, I don't know. Would it be any different? Be a very Why? high mineral content. <laughs> I mean, like, well, don't you have like different tastes from different regions? I don't know. Maybe it's souvade. Pre-souve. But it made me think of it, and I actually bookmarked it so I could bring it up to you because literally, this is a they do. Uh, it's a gator park. It is yes. a it's a Colorado Gators reptile park, is what they call it. And uh, apparently they do unbelievably great business up there at this place. And it's literally open in the winter time from November 8th until February 25th. So literally the heart of snowfall in Colorado. And what else do they have to do? Let's go to the gator farm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Go stand around in my ski jacket and look at alligators living in the uh, nice warm uh, climate that they have underneath there. Anyway, if you wanted to go, it's twenty bucks to go uh, stand around and look at a bunch of alligators in well, Colorado. So it's like that, that's manatee watch here. It's kind of the same thing. Hey, I, let's yeah, go look I at alligators. Yeah, it's kind of like <laughs> when you remember when we used to have the scenic overlooks on the Howard Franklin Bridge. Oh yeah. How how many people would be pulled over all the time? With uh, you know New York license plates and Illinois and Pennsylvania, Guys and they're all stand- cameras, and yeah. they're all standing there at the fence waiting for a dolphin to swim by or you know some sort of seabird to float by. Oh look, it's a seagull! Click 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 click. <laughs> you know, pictures, pictures, pictures. I guess I'm glad they well, took those away because those were annoying. I guess. Uh, well, 
if you're anybody who's up in Pennsylvania and you hear or see of a monkey, they ask you to dial 911 and get away as fast as you can. Why don't you just shoot it? Wait, they're telling you to get away from yes. it? Yes. <laughs> yes. I'm telling you, you need to go look at this story and go see. I, I'm anxious to see how this thing progresses. It just happened yesterday. Oh, so any towns breaking shut news. Down. <laughs> and if you see army guys in, you know, in their hazmat gear, don't pay any attention to that. You'll be fine. Talk about the beginning of a horror sh- movie. It starts with the monkey wreck. <laughs> yeah. It goes from there. Uh, uh, last hour we talked a little bit about the uh, SHOT Show. Of course, that's going on. And uh, a lot of friends of ours in the industry are all there uh, hawking their wares and you know that it's going on because, Jeremy, I'm sure you as well as I, once you're in the gun industry, you have a lot of friends who know that you work in the gun industry at, to a point. Um, how many texts have you gotten for the new Benchmades or the new pistol round or the new rifle that they just came out with? I got a few on those new out the fronts that Benchmade has coming out. Oh, yeah. I uh, have two. Oh, yeah. The Benchmade has. Yeah. That one there is uh, going to be a hot commodity and – and th- I, I love it. I got one text from someone who shall name nameless. Uh, apparently, they have uh, they release a shot show, and they only have so many of them that they actually sell there at the shot show or something. Yeah. Literally asking me if I could get one. Yeah. And I'm like, dude. You know, oh, a lot of <laughs> a lot of gun companies actually pulled out a shot show this year. Oh, I know. Like Sig's not there. Um, there's a couple others that just some big go. name boys that yeah. didn't show up. I know that. I think they changed the the Why? price on them or something yeah, uh, the, like the booth a couple of weeks before. So yeah. yeah, I mean, dude, we're not talking you know four hundred bucks. We're talking big money. tens of thousands yeah. of dollars. I mean, did, they didn't have shot show last year, did they? No, it was COVID. COVID, yeah. uh, COVID shut it down. So, like every other company, they're trying to recover from <laughs> what they lost from that year. Yeah, we'll just charge double. Yeah. We'll get our money back. Well, I, I will say this, that uh, being in the industry, one of the things that I kind of look forward to because the market is shrinking, it seems like, when it comes to quality scopes anymore. Yeah. I mean, uh, with Nikon, you know, leaving the scene, that took a lot of it away, and then uh, you still have a lot of leftover uh, scope companies, but they're so expensive that it's out of reach of a lot of people. So Vortex has really filled in that void to a point to where it's a reasonably priced, good quality scope with a with a great warranty on them, yeah. which you used to get from Nikon and stuff. Bushnell's still around and all that stuff. But uh, since you're sitting here with us, I was going to bring this up, that some of the ones that came out at the SHOT Show are some ones that you really should take a look at, I, in my humble opinion. Uh, Bushnell's coming out with their 1-6, to six, which is a quick acquisition, you know, single tube uh, type scope for ARs and all that stuff. But, you know me, I'm not much of an AR kind of shooter. What's a kind single of, tube? There's no big objective on the end. It's just okay. the tube. It's you know, tube. So Leopold has one. Um, the Vortex one's called Strike Eagle. The Strike Eagle. Um, Looks like that. Oh. You know, it's just it's got a big ocular in the back and then yeah. just the straight tube. It doesn't have a big objective for gathering tons of light and stuff yeah. like that. But Crimson Trace has come out one that's specifically made for the dreaded 6.5 Creedmoor. Mm. It's <laughs> it's a 4 to 16, as Jeremy pointed out. Great for long-distance target shooting yeah. because not so much for the woods, pretty much, but, uh, you know, if you're going to shoot 
that things uh, put it on top of a precision or something like that, it'd be a great one. The GPO, which is actually a very good quality scope that not a lot of people know about, that stands for German Precision Optics. And as we all know, the Germans, they like to make things usually over-engineered, but uh, it's good quality. But they're making some this year that are going to be really nice ones that uh, that a lot of people will probably want to get their hands on. Leupold is making a new patrol that's quite expensive. Yeah. I mean, that's those, those scopes literally start for around 1400 bucks. Seriously. 14 for, you said what like 1400 1400 bucks for uh, one that you're going to stick on top of an AR for the most part huh. you know it's 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 a variable optic but it's mainly made for ARs Miopto which is another one that is a good quality scope I can't remember who makes their lenses wasn't it like Zeiss or mm, somebody so, was I, making yeah. their their lenses or something back in the day and uh, but if you go in there and you get yourself a nice 3 to 15 by 50 which would cover literally in everything in the state of Florida and beyond. Uh, we're looking at about 450 bucks, mm. which is a great scope. I, I think that's one that you should put on the list. Citron, which usually is a very high-end uh, kind of expensive-y kind of scope. Uh, they're making one that's uh, a 5 to 30 by 56. That's a heck of a long <laughs> distance shooter for that yeah. one, man. And then, of course, let's go to the Swarovski, the brand new one, the Optic DS Generation 2. $2,800. 5 to 25 power by 52. So if you really need to see something up close and damn near in the dark, the 5 to 25 by 52. What do you think the starting price was? What 20, did you say? 28. What did you say? Swarovski? Swarovski. <laughs> that big, <laughs> that big old long S one. Swarovski. Uh, let's uh, let's say thirty two hundred dollars. Jeremy, what do you think, and Mister? I'm there at the gun shop every day. Twenty four. You guys are so far away from it. It's forty eight. Keep going. Are you serious? Get out of here. Five thousand two hundred and twenty one dollars. Stop it. What? Yikes. And you know why? Not Zeiss. <laughs> yeah. Now. This is one that I got to ask you, Bill George, because this one right here, would this scope be illegal in certain states? Because it has an integrated class one laser range finder that will accurately measure the distance from 33 to 1,500 yards with a margin error of only plus or minus one yard. So would that be considered cheating? I don't. I don't yeah. know anywhere where a rangefinder in a in a firearm like that is a, illegal. I mean, if you're in archery and you're in some other things, they have those type of rules because it's primitive. But I mean, I may be wrong. We probably have some restrictive states out there, it, but I I don't see why it would be. Is it considered an unfair advantage? No, because no. you can have a rangefinder. You can have a rangefinder and then use your scope. So if it's integrated, I guess you'd be perfectly fine with it. Yeah. But, I mean, literally what you're paying for is that one yard plus or minus margin of error. That's what you're paying for in a scope for $5,221. I think you're paying for the name. Well, that has a lot to do with has it. has a lot to do with it. All right, got to take a break. It is the Big Wild Outdoors. Mark you See, you talk about uh, a true outdoorsman. You know that. We'll talk about the Even in the little car. Back. Yep. Okay. Went in there. Right don't go anywhere. Dude, these have been floating right around the back of the trunk for about uh, four months.
I, I could pull out another jacket, long sleeve shirts, raincoats. Yeah. I mean, that, that that's the truck. You know why? Because I always keep camos and stuff. I uh, kept them in the truck, kept them in a the car, because you never know when somebody like Bill George would go, dude, there's a big, giant mess of pigs up here on the leash. You need to get your butt up here and get up here. So you got to be ready. Yeah. I'll get, well, let me just grab my gun, and I'll be right there. So you already have your camos. You already have your stuff. It's already ready to go, and uh, that way you show up, and you're hopping along. So, uh, of course, it's getting a lot colder uh, here as we speak. And uh, I was sitting here going, dude, I didn't even bring a jacket. Wait a minute. I forgot I got some winter pants that are in the back of the car. So I put them on. Look pretty <laughs> fetching, don't I? Your camo, you able, your camo does not match. Are, are, are you able it's to all camo cam- matches? No, 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 sir. It does not. You are, no. It doesn't work. Your camo is clashing. Okay, Francois. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> Gucci. I didn't know I was going to get berated. So it's like, God, just put on some pants. That's all I had to do. It's amazing how quickly you warm up when you put on some pants. That fire was really nice, I can tell you that. Is that where you ran off yes, to? Yes, sir. Had to warm my hands up a little bit. That crowd is getting a little bit uh, bigger around the uh, fire, fire ring over there. Uh, before the break, we were talking a little bit about some of the things that were introduced at the SHOT Show this past week, and uh, some of them, ones that I was paying attention to that I really gave a crud about was uh, some of the new optics that are coming out by some of the major major manufacturers, and one of them that actually I'm really fond of. Now, of course, we all know that, you know, it is a Chinese-made product, and a lot of people get kind of bent out of shape over this kind of thing, but, dude, I don't – you help me, I mean, tell me. The Vortex that comes out, quality-wise, I mean, I don't think we've seen one come back at all. Never had a problem with one. Uh, a lot of law enforcement guys are buying them because they're inexpensive and they're easy to put on and take yeah. care of. And uh, they came out with the Crossfire, which is a very popular uh, one for hunters especially. Yeah, and and, affordable. And, and affordable. And they got the new Crossfire 2, which is a 3 to 9 by 50. And uh, here's the difference. What did I tell you? How much was that Swarovski was last break? Five thousand. Five thousand and some five, change. Five thousand two hundred twenty-one dollars and some change. You can get a Vortex Crossfire, three to nine by fifty, two hundred twenty dollars. Yeah. That's suggested retail, and that's. I think we're co- selling at the store for one hundred sixty something. I mean seriously. I mean yeah. uh, it's one of those ones that uh, a three to nine goes on about literally sixty percent of of firearms that are out there that are hunted with yeah three to nine is like your basic everybody grabs one and and it covers just about all your bases unless it's a ford or whatever but i think in florida we always try to suggest somebody go with a very low power scope going to a higher one because as we talked about in the first hour it could be from 30 yards or it could be 150 or it could be 300 yards you're trying to find it going through the palmettos or the bushes and that that little bigger shot acquisition, you know, pull it up, get it. Yeah, lot easier on a kid. You're pooched. Yeah. And and the other thing, uh, um, both the scopes that I have on all my my major hunting rifles are all two to tens. That's that's what I went with because that way, you don't have any problems if somebody comes popping out at 30 yards or uh, or, or some distance. Zeiss is coming out with another one. It's a shorty that's for the AR-15. Um, it is called the LRP, LRP S5 3 to 18 by 50. Zeiss makes some pretty good products. $3,300. Woo. 
$3,300 for, for the Zeiss. And uh, that's what I have on mine, but I have the old Conquests. And the Zeiss Conquest is a great, great all-around scope that you can use that doesn't break the bank. And so if you're going to be looking for something this year, just keep those in mind. And uh, if you want something that's extremely expensive, you can go find it. I'll, I'll never forget the time that I'm standing there with uh, a guide out in Wyoming. <clears throat> and he hands me a pair of those Swarovski. Uh, the, uh, the shooter glasses, right? No, the, the big giant binoculars that they make, like the biggest oh, ones yeah, that yeah, they yeah. make. The no focus ones that you could literally look from here in front of you, the picnic table, all the way out to like 900 yards with, you know. And uh, he's like, be careful with these. They gave them to us to check them out and see how they do because they do a lot of shooting with Swarovski. I was like, well, how much do these bad boys set you back? He goes, if I bought these, <laughs> it'd be about 3500 bucks." Yikes. And I was like, for binoculars? <laughs> yeah, how would you say 3500 Yeah, 3500 bucks for a Woo. pair of binoculars. And I was like, yeah, I'm not going to go with that at all. What am I going to do? What? What am I Fire, on? fire, fire. More fire. Jeez. That's all. What? You want to drag the picnic table over there? And uh, get I would closer? like to do that, yes. Get <laughs> the picnic table. <laughs> Bill George, here we go. You ready? Yes. Our good friend, Uncle Ted. You know who I'm talking about, yep. right? Uncle Nugent. Ted Nugent. Yep. He just uh, he had to do a text thing, and somebody actually sent this to me and said, you guys uh, need to take a look at this. And so uh, he called it out on social media and said, the government scam masters continue to lie like thieves in the night about chronic wasting disease. Stand up to them and shut them down. Because what they were saying was it may be transmittable to humans by eating it. Which we talked about that. Right. But it's one of those things because, you know, they always talk it about the brain-eating zombie uh, CWD that, uh, you know, we forgot about what it did to the cattle industry well, and all this other stuff. Well, has there been any study proving that it can't happen? No, I don't know. I don't then know. maybe it can. I don't know. It says... <laughs> It says in the study, if anybody uh, bothered um, reading it or researching it, poured over 50 years of data from the CWD edemic areas of Wyoming, Colorado, Nebraska, and concluded that human cases of the uh, Crooksfeld-Jacob disease actually decreasing during that span. So they're saying that the people who did eat it, with the amount of people who eat the amount of venison up there, don't seem to have any problem with it whatsoever. So, to answer your question, yeah, they have That's done. That's not a scientific study with control groups where we're feeding some <laughs> people this and some people that. Hey, listen, anything's possible. Our current president should start fighting for your gun rights. Well, what? It says I said anything's possible. Oh, okay. I was like, wait a minute, hold on. Did I, just I didn't say it's probable. I said it's leave, possible. Leave, hey, could you leave Brandon alone? Yeah. yeah. So that I, one won't happen. So they <laughs> literally. <laughs> so they said that they were going to ask these questions of anybody, and I should ask you guys these questions. Would you feed your family venison from a deer infected with CWD? Why not? If you knew that it was and it tested positive, would you still continue to eat it? I don't think I would. Jeremy, what about hard, you? Hard pass for me. Sure, if it's good, good. See, I'd be, I'd be all with I'd be okay with it. I don't, 
What is you guys can have to do is a Bryon. That's true. It's a Bryon. <laughs> You're dead. Yeah, that's true. I've cut plenty that's of right. th- I've cut plenty of things off of squirrels and deer and fish and continue to eat them. So it's uh, you know whatever. We'll continue this little delicious conversation <laughs> when we come back. It is the Big and Wild Outdoors brought to you by Brandon Ford at Tampa Bay Sporting Clays. We are live. We'll be back. WHFS-FF, WQYK-FM, HD2, St. Petersburg, 103.1, W276-CX, Newport Ritchie, 92.1, W221-DW.